Well, Monday Night Football, highs and lows. Lows for just about everyone. Jets fan base, Packers fan base. It was the worst case scenario as Aaron Rodgers, four snaps into his Jets career, goes down. Uh, feared to be a ruptured Achilles. The 65% snap mark would mean if Rodgers played 65% snaps or more, the Packers would have got a first round 2024 conditional pick. Instead, with Rodgers, I'm assuming going to be done for the year with the Achilles injury, we now get a second round pick. Now, with that injury, though, I personally felt really bad for Aaron Rodgers. Rowdy, I'm sure you did as well. Like, well, yeah, it's not obviously you weren't rooting for him to get hurt, and there would be no reason for Packer fans to root for him to be hurt because you needed him to play 65% of those snaps. And the projection for 65% was roughly 11, 12 games out of the season. So clearly, if it's a ruptured Achilles, that's not going to happen. It would even be hard enough if it was like a a broken ankle, which clearly the x-rays came back negative. A broken ankle would put that in somewhat jeopardy. Now, they need an MRI on the the Achilles here. But Rodgers, if you watched it, he got up and then immediately sat right back down, and you could tell it wasn't good. And Rowdy... Don't I never cheer for injury. I always want my team to beat the other team uh, at their best. You know, everyone out there, you wish everyone was 100% healthy and you just go at it full bore. Well, I got a lot of messages, saw a lot of messages, tweets. I mean, social media is, I understand what social media is. It's the, the scrounge of humanity usually out there. And a lot of cheeseheads, there's Packer fans, there's cheeseheads. A lot of cheeseheads were just celebrating Aaron Rodgers and his Achilles being ruptured, just celebrating. Now, we had this for News of the Weird a while ago. A bar in the east, uh, east side of Milwaukee called Jack's American Pub that was offering free drinks this season's, uh, season excuse me, when the Jets and Aaron Rodgers lose. And the rules were your tab must be open 15 minutes before kick, no pitchers, no top-shelf liquor, and no food. And Rodgers also must start. It didn't say anything about... Uh, him not finishing the game, but Rodgers must start. So last night in Milwaukee, Jack's American pub was packed to the gills, standing room only. And when Aaron Rodgers got sacked, there was a cheer. And then when it was announced that Aaron Rodgers was out, people cheering, going nuts. Everyone smiling, laughing, having a good time. Pretty sad sight, actually, uh, to see Packer fans, cheeseheads, uh, just losing their marbles over in a, in a good way for them of Aaron Rodgers getting injured and going down. They all thought they were getting free booze, Rowdy. Didn't say anything about Rodgers leaving the game. They thought, sure as crap, Zach Wilson sucks. Jets are going to lose this game. Yeah, now... If you're Jax, this might be best case scenario. People talked about this when it, what, first popped roughly a month ago? Yeah. When it was like, hey, there's going to be a bar. It's called Jax. It's it's in the Milwaukee area. Everyone has now heard about this bar. You had it clearly packed for game one. And then these people were probably, and imagine, imagine the night they probably had, because when Aaron Rodgers goes down, it's right away. Yeah, And you think bills are just going to roll. And then there's a point where the bills are up 13 to three and Zach Wilson is out there and, you know, it's the second half and you probably are like sitting there going, man, there's no way that there's no way that the jets are going to come back and win this game. Well, 
I'm sure people after that Rodgers injury, especially when down 13 to three, were definitely letting it rip. Oh yeah. And then the jets come back. Josh Allen finds ways to turn the football over left and right. The jets win. And now this bar goes, <laughs> all those tabs you ran up. Well, that's going to be a great night for us well, and sorry, but the promo looks like over. if it's an Achilles, it's over. We had one night where we killed it. And uh, you guys pretty much lost. Uh, pretty sad to see the amount of people just jubilant over Aaron Rodgers. Probably his career could be over. Well, they had audio rowdy, uh, sports st- or uh, a news station, CBS fifty eight out of Milwaukee, was in the bar to see it all unfold. And I have the video. I'm going to play it. They were live on air when the Jets won, and everyone then realized. They no longer were drinking for free. And I, like you said, they probably ran up those tabs as fast and hard well, as and they could. Well, if now you're, if you're Jax, thinking about all the press that you got, you got one night where you absolutely just killed it and mm-hmm. took advantage of all these people that thought they would drink for free, and you got, like, roughly a month full of free press. Yeah, this is uh, coming from CBS 58 out of Milwaukee. Here you go. We're just going to keep going. Another condition is Aaron Rodgers must start the game, but the rules say nothing about him having to finish it. So there's a loud roar when Rodgers leaves the game hurt in the first quarter. The fans say it's nothing personal. I mean, I'm not necessarily opposed to Rodgers, but uh, tonight I'm thinking with my wallet instead. Still, some say they'll be flying high regardless of the outcome because after Sunday's game, they're in love. I think we can work around that, especially after Jordan Love's performance yesterday. I'm not too down in the dumps after that. So, here's the live cut when the Jets and lose. the mood has changed considerably. That is because the Jets just won the game on a long touchdown in overtime. You could take a look. This is the reaction from a bar where people are realizing the bar tabs they've been racking up all night, <laughs> thinking certainly with Rogers hurt, the bar was going to be paying that tab. It is setting in. They are going to have to go to the bar and pay that tab. That's where we're at. This offer is going to be in effect for the for another 12 games this season. As long as the Jets and Packers are not playing at the same time, this Jets lose you in promotion is in effect. Tonight, Bill and Natalie, the house won. Well, you roll the dice, you take your chances. I mean, the house always wins, eh, Rowdy? There's always the possibility. Yeah. AJ, AJ, do these, do these fans yeah. kind of deserve it for cheering for a Packers Hall of Famer and a Super Bowl champion and four-time MVP to get injured? Yes, they deserve it. I don't think that they were cheering for the injury bill as much as they were cheering for their odds of having a free night of booze on the house. They weren't going to have to pay for it. It was a thought, at least, when Rodgers got hurt. I have a feeling that come tomorrow morning, a lot of these folks are going to wake up unhappy about the bar type they had to pay and unhappy that some of them showed up on video clapping and waving at the screen when a Packers legend got hurt. And maybe how much they decided to drink when they thought the bar tab. There you go. Karma is a dish best served cold. Or in this case, karma is best as a bar tab that you thought would be for free. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's a tough one. That's uh, wow. Karma is a bitch. Because you got to imagine when Rogers goes down, that you had people instantly that would have ate or drank more than what they were going to, thinking that yeah, this is definitely free. Yeah, they're because, like, I'm going to take advantage. Like, you know, if you were actually going to go out 
and you're like, hey, we're going to go out to Jack's and we're going to watch this game and we're going to hope that the Jets lose. Yep. Like you would probably order a few drinks and like get your food, but it's like you probably weren't going to go crazy. You probably just hope no. that the Jets would end up losing the game. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sure. But right when Rodgers went down I'm right sure. away. Yeah, especially with the reaction of people cheering. I bet people got shots and drinks right away, like right rounds after it happened. after rounds after rounds. They're like, we're drinking for free tonight, boys. We're called in sick tomorrow on Tuesday. And then that'll be about $200. Yeah, you went, uh, pony up here. You went from having two or three drinks to probably twice as much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least. And then you got to sit there and stew. All right, phone line's blowing up. Line one. Good morning. Who do we got? This is Vagabond John. How are we doing, guys? Vagabond John. Hey, what's up, brother? I'm on cloud nine. Look, I mean, man, if that happened out at the Driftless Social and people were just ripping martinis, that oh. would have been that would have been bad news. Oh, oh, Vespers for everybody, dude. Thankfully, my parents, my folks, live you know a couple blocks away from Driftless Social. I once put three martinis back, and I stumbled, stumbled three two blocks to get home. It was well, it was some good ass drinks know, at Driftless. Are, martinis are like nipples. Right, I mean, if you have one, yeah, you gotta suck them. Wait, have, what? You're not. You're, <laughs> if you have one, you're not having enough fun. If you have two, it's just right. And if you have three, it starts to get a little weird. If you're watching three, or you're probably watching Total Recall, um, or what about four of them? Thank you, Johnny. Well, four, and uh, you know, <laughs> tomorrow's gonna be rough. <laughs> I don't have a rhyme for that one. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Four and you're on the floor, but that's already tequila, so you don't want to steal. You don't want to steal a tequila thunder. Yeah. So what do you think, man? Rogers, what's on your mind? Rogers and this. Well, as a Packer fan, how are you feeling about that? You know, now the conditional second round pick. Yeah, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, when it comes to the draft pick, who cares, right? We're talking about if Rogers plays for the Jets and their team, you know, is good and meets some expectations. We're talking about a very late first round pick, and now the Jets without Rogers for most of the season. I can't imagine he's going to be in any hurry to rush back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're talking about a mid, possibly even an early second-round pick. So at the end of the day, we're talking about a 15-pick swap here. So in terms of the impact for the Packers, I don't think it's really all that big, except for there's going to be a first or there's going to be a second in front of the pick rather than a first. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to feel for the guy. And totally. It, it, just want to speak a little bit on the video that you just – uh, played right. Mm-hmm. I travel to a lot of away games, whether it's Packers or whether it's Badgers. I love going and experiencing other people's cultures. What I've learned, it, you cannot take an assessment of any community based on their activity when they are drunk in a bar, particularly when there's free alcohol available. People go absolutely nuts. Oh, I know. Right. And if you are in Green Bay and you're in the Packers score a touchdown and the bartenders are on the bar Shots. and everybody's getting booze poured straight in their mouth, man, people become unhinged. Well, here's the thing that makes it even worse. Like you're in Milwaukee. These are Packer fans and you're you're like rooting against the guy that you you cheered for for 18, 17, 18 years. And now you spit on the ground he walks on. It's so it's absurd to me. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people do feel spited by Aaron Rodgers, right? He goes there and suddenly takes a huge pay cut uh, to make the team more competitive. So, I mean, there are a lot of people who feel spited. Is it right to cheer for injury at any point for anybody? No. no. Uh, it doesn't matter which team it is. It doesn't matter if it's uh, Justin Fields or Aaron Rodgers, in my book, at least. Well, some uh, fallout coming from last night. So, in uh, MetLife Stadium, there was a, a couple shelter-in-place warnings. The weather was insane. It was uh, just hammering down rain. 
you know, thunder, lightning, you name it. It was uh, pretty wild. Severe weather storm warnings, you name it, right? It was like a lake uh, out there of MetLife Stadium. It was a lake. And then, you know, you'll go to MetLife. What do they have? They have turf, artificial turf. Aaron Rodgers goes down with the uh, the ruptured Achilles, or we're all thinking that's what it is, right? David Bakhtiari takes to uh, Twitter to really let his thoughts be known. He's a WTF. That injury is turf-related. Can we put an end to this bleep already? And he says, congrats, NFL. How many more players have to get hurt on artificial turf? You care more about soccer players than us because you plan to remove all artificial turf for the World Cup coming up. So clearly it is feasible. I'm sick of this. Do better. Now, some people would say, oh, that's just David Bakhtiari trying to stick up for one of his buddies because his buddy got hurt and you could blame the turf. But actually, David Bakhtiari's kind of been on that crusade the last few years. I think yeah. it was like since like 2020 talking about we want grass fields, not turf fields. So and I don't know why you wouldn't want grass fields. Grass is, I mean, that's nice. Bakhtiari just put out a study, by the way, on his uh, Twitter account at David Bakhtiari uh, well, not, like 11 hours ago. Well, the things with the turf fields... I'll just say this from playing on them just when you're growing up. You hated the rug burn yeah. versus the grass, and you hated those little uh, pebbles. Like You're like three days later showering, they're coming out of your ass. Well, that's the thing. It's like you could get them in your eye, yeah. and it obviously it's just annoying, but the little uh, yeah, the little rubber pellets, yeah, they, suck. they suck. But just in general, it's like the cleats can stick in the stitching of the, mm-hmm. of the uh, turf easier than in grass, so that's where you see a lot of the... ACLs or ankles and Achilles and MCLs and all of that stuff where it comes to like the ligaments and tendons where the, the cleats catch. Yeah. But, Bakht- uh, yeah. yeah, not, not ideal. Bakhtiari did, um, he posted two screenshots of ones in adjusted injury rates by year on synthetic versus natural surfaces. You know and what I think is a sneaky one? I know because he's check talking out about injuries, you yeah. know, how about some of the, from the rubber pellets underneath the the yeah, plant surface, cancer. giving people cancer and and other stuff like that that's actually killing them later yeah. in life, and it seems to be linked to hey, this. But don't question it, right? That's all. That's all FDA. That's all everything approved uh, by the government. It's it's safe. Okay, it's like safe. you could you can tear your ACL five times, and it obviously might harm your career making the money. But uh, you might be fifty five years old when you're all done playing and and getting cancer from it. Anyways. Was it all those guys from... Um, it was the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies. Yeah, the, all of that. The studies coming out, that's like they're giving them like cancer. Like a, they're dying. Like a crazy amount of guys that played on that surface in that field yeah. are now either A, dead of cancer, B, dying of cancer, or C, in remission from cancer. And it's like, I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but say 7% of people in the world die from cancer. It was like this team had like a spark of like 20% spike, big time. And, um, um, you look at this too. I saw this pop up on Twitter. So the injury capital of the NFL is the nickname of MetLife. Apparently they installed quote unquote new turf that was supposedly safer, but a couple of articles here. NFL PA says study proves MetLife Stadium turf does have safety issues. Here's another study. MetLife Stadium turf explained why NFL players keep getting injured against the Jets and the Giants. Another article. Report. NFL PA supports 49ers criticism of MetLife turf. Uh, then another one. 
a brief history of the MetLife Stadium being blamed for so many NFL injuries. So David Bakhtiari getting more fuel for his fire there. for Because uh, they kind of redid MetLife. Um, isn't it like a... European, European soccer style stadium where it's it's kind of like the dome, but they leave the the top open because it it keeps the the fans, you know, the the noises funneled in. Yep. So it's loud. Yeah. But then you kind of get the feel like you're outdoors because you get the natural light. and You can get some of the elements. I feel like if you have a turf and a surface that's as bad as what MetLife's is on record or or by player accounts or studies. Wouldn't you think that um, having the European-style stadium where you have the top open so that you can get the elements, a.k.a. the rain, into it, that that would make it even worse? Like, if you're going to play on a crappy field... At least you don't want a wet, soggy, no. you know, crappy field. And what was it doing? At that? least, at least have like a dome so you can just be inside in the crappy field. It doesn't have to be wet. Yeah, and they had two like shelter-in-place orders yesterday before the game because it was raining so it was it was literally like a monsoon out there. Uh, so, some I forget who it was, but some Twitter, some guy on Twitter was like, "This is three hours before kickoff." He's like, "Aaron Rodgers is going to tear his." He said something like Aaron Rodgers is going to rupture his ACL or tear something tonight. And, and you can, this could have happened at any given totally. field at any given time for any given player. But I will say the one thing with Aaron Rodgers that, you know, is we'll say some people are more susceptible to things than others. Aaron Rodgers, what's one of the injuries he's had the last decade that that is cr- outside of the collarbones, which are freak his calf. It's his calf. What's connected to your calf? Your Achilles. Well, if your calf continues to be messed up and it's not right, that could easily set off an Achilles. And then if you're playing, you know, on a crappier field where your cleat got caught and then you're getting tackled at the same time where, you you know, your your calf or your leg really doesn't have anywhere to go. Guess what's going to pop? Your, that calf and Achilles. Calf and Achilles. And then guess what? At 40, you're probably done. Yep. And guess what? Packers ain't getting the first round pick. All right, 10 minutes from now, our sports director, Zach Halper, is going to jump on, talk some... Uh, Specifically, College Football, Wisconsin. Let's take a look around Wisconsin and the uh, College Football landscape. Wisconsin out of the AP Top 25. Predictable. Losing to Washington State. For the first time since last year. <laughs> All right, see ya. They'll be back. Well, hopefully. Hopefully. But, uh, I don't know, boys. Let's see here. Uh, Big Ten. Uh, we were just talking about it off air. God, is Nebraska bad? Or is Sims bad? As uh, Colorado gets yeah. it done again, Colorado moves to 2-0 in there. I- I don't understand how you didn't take Sims out of that game. And he's, otherwise, he's terrible. the only thing that tells me is the rest of your quarterbacks are that bad. That well, did good. you see that uh, one of them is supposed to be Brock Purdy's younger brother? And then you I have, saw that on the, you have he another. He was on the team last year, though, too, wasn't he? And then yeah, you have another was, guy that is technically the backup that was sparingly used. So, I mean, it's that's not a good situation if. Like you said, RJ, if you're not going away from Jeff Sims, who clearly can't Oof. throw the football at the Division One Big even, Ten level, he can't even get a snap. Yeah, he 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 can't do anything. He, he people want to make fun of Justin Fields and say he's a glorified running back and this and that. Um, Jeff Sims, if anyone's a glorified running back, is that he's bad. But, like you look at Nebraska, and I look at a team that. From the Scott Frost era to now this new Matt Rule era, they look more disciplined. They do. The defense looks better. Yeah. The defense is closer to 
the Bo Pelini defense than it has been at any time under Scott Frost or an interim coach. Mm-hmm. It's just, and actually the offensive line looks decent. The running backs look decent. The receivers have made, I guess, plays when they've had an opportunity. It literally just looks like this Nebraska team is a decent quarterback away from having like a eight and four, nine and three type of year. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's even saying that much like Nebraska for the for the players and talent they pull. They should be having decent years, especially in the Big Ten when you look at how bad the West is and you look at how bad overall the Big Ten has played so far. It's like, okay, well, we know Michigan's going to be good. We know Penn State's supposed to be pretty good. Ohio State's always good, even though it's it's new guys that they're trying to get in there and working together. And then you kind of have like these Wisconsin who's in a rebuild. I was trying to figure it out and score points on offense. By the way, that 25 points not, not going base. well. They had 20 points against Iowa State. And yeah, and that's Iowa State 20, and I think it was 24 against uh, Utah yes. State. Yep. Not exactly the best teams with the best defenses. It's so that average of 25 for friends to keep his offensive coordinator like, jobs. The weird thing well. about Nebraska is they knew they had a quarterback problem. They went all in on a legacy whose yeah. uncle is a coach on the staff. And now they have an even worse quarterback. Problem. And he didn't even Well, like the thing play is there. with the team as is for Nebraska, I feel like it's pretty much like a 6 and 6 type team. Yeah. But if you had a quarterback, you'd actually be I th- I think if they had a legitimate quarterback, I think they would be competing for the Big 10 West in its final year. I think it, that would be a very possibility with the lack of actual offense that Iowa's continued to show and the fact that they did lose some studs off the defense, but we know Iowa always has a good defense. The mm-hmm. fact that Wisconsin has shown the issues that they have both offensively and defensively in two weeks, the fact that Illinois went out there and, and I know that game got a lot closer at the end, but they, but they, they, they were getting hammered by Kansas and clearly it's an Illinois team that lost a ton of talent from the team that they had last year. And they tried to replace it with some, uh, some portal players, but clearly it's just not a team that was good as Illinois was last year. And then you have some of the other teams. Minnesota's clearly not as good as they were last year. They don't have the same type of running back. Defense isn't quite as good. Quarterback is probably about the same. But it's a lot of teams in the West where if a team like that Nebraska had a quarterback, they would be in the mix. Like, I'm not saying they would, hands down, they would win and they'd go 10-2, and two, but they would be at least in the mix because it doesn't look like anyone in the West is going to run away with this thing. At least it doesn't look like that or appear that way through two weeks. Yeah, well, Nebraska's not even in the position to, like, try and steal a game. They're just, their quarterback, Sims, is so bad. I mean, Colorado, 36-14. He's so bad. He stinks. Uh, we'll do it real quick here because we've got Zach Halpern coming up. Um... Uh, we already talked about Illinois losing to Kansas. You had Indiana taking down Indiana State, whatever. Michigan uh, beating UNLV. Ohio State took down Youngstown State, 35-7. Yeah, ready? There's only been four teams in the Big Ten to cover every single week and or their play up to expectations, according to Vegas. One of them is Rutgers. They've played two awful teams. But, hey, it does appear that their quarterback play is much better than it was the year before, which... I mean, that's not saying a ton. Yeah, they beat Ben Kenny's temple. <laughs> but a, they're one of them. Another team that has done so is Indiana, which one game was against Ohio State in game one where we know Ohio State was, you know, trying to figure out their quarterback position and, and some other stuff. 
And then they played Indiana State. That's FCS school. They whooped them. Okay, whatever. Penn State, they're another team that has covered both games. They had to kind of cheaply do it against West Virginia at home to get the cover, and a lot of people, you know, kind of poo-pooed it. And other than that, oh, the only other team that has covered both games and played up to expectation is in the process of firing their coach, and that's uh, Michigan State and Mel Tucker. Yeah, Mel Tucker, <laughs> so, he is... Uh... <laughs> No one else has played. Anymore. No one else has played up to expectations or played as well as probably some people would have thought. Yeah, um, <laughs> Big Ten and SEC for winning all the headlines in the off season with the buildings and rebrandings of conferences and money and everything. The ACC and Pac-12 are kind of kicking your ass. We got to kind of fall apart. One shout out quick. Imagine being so bad at governing a conference. You have eight teams in the top 25, and your conference is in its last year. Mm. By the way, I give a shout-out. Northwestern picked up a win. They beat UTEP 38-7. to They now have probably one more guaranteed win this season. Hey, they won on U.S. soil. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, because last year they didn't win on they U.S. Did, soil. They did not. They actually the beat first Nebraska. time since November of 2021. Correct. They beat Nebraska and Ireland. They did. Last year. And now UTEP. Well done. Well done, Wildcats. They play Howard coming up here soon, so that that's like their other Win. chance to to pounce as well. I hope Wildcats. they could be just one man. Howard out there yeah. just trying to get it. You know, Howard's Howard's big though. Howard, he's hard to get around. He's scrappy. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to our guy Zach Halprin. Talk a little Big Ten football, and now let's dive right into it. The one we hyper focus on are Wisconsin Badgers. That's with. Our Wisconsin, a fountain of Wisconsin sports knowledge. Our guy, sports director, Zach Heilprin, fresh from Pullman, Washington. Zach, good morning. How are we doing? I'm doing great. I did, before we get into this, though, I wanted to uh, see how you were doing this morning. Um, obviously, a, a very tough night last night. It was. It was. For, I had a lot of emotions. All those, that, all those worship at the feet of the god. That is Aaron Rodgers. Are you doing all right? You know, it's pretty tough, Zach. I had goosebumps when Rodgers ran out with the American flag in a MetLife with the laser show going on. I like stood up from my couch. I started fist pumping. I was, I was feeling it, and then I was down in the dumps like four plays yeah, later. Yeah, I mean, I mean, on nine eleven, no less. Um, you know, a guy who questions 9-11 doing that is it, it's a little weird but okay no. I, I get it i, I get it no, no here's it, the thing it, everyone it's, it's was like it. oh it's so funny that rogers has the american flag you know who i want with the american flag running out there the guy who's asking questions the guy who's fighting for his freedoms of his own body the guy who doesn't trust big pharma the guy who doesn't trust government that's exactly who i want with the american flag running out there the guy asking questions and fighting for everyone's freedom. I loved it, Zach. I loved it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that were okay. And I'm not supporting this at all. I think it's it's horrible that what happened four plays later. I it sucks for all the football world. We all lose we all lose out on this. Um, yeah, that's the worst case there, scenario I, for everyone. I, I think there were there are some that were okay with it. I'm not. I'm personally not. I think that sucks. It's horrible. You never want to see. Oh, there's so many cheeseheads that are celebrating this. And hell, there was a bar in Milwaukee yesterday that I'm saving for news of the weird. They were rejoicing. They're jubilant, uh, yelling out tears, cries of joy when Rogers went down because they thought they were going to drink for free. And then they didn't get to drink for free because Josh Allen sucks. 
Yeah, that was tough, dude. <laughs> hey, Zach. Uh, Josh Allen did his best. Did his best Brett Favre impersonation. And there's going to be no more starts, so the promo's dead already. Yeah, yeah, they they got a lot of free advertising <laughs> for that. Zachy, speaking of, um, is suck too harsh of a word? You were out uh, in Pullman watching the Badgers take on Washington State. I, <laughs> I don't know. The one grasping generalities right now. What the hell happened out there? Well, apparently, Wisconsin program turned into Nebraska. That's that's according to RJ, who. Uh, Hit my mentions up a couple times. Yeah, I was, go- I was going DMs. through it in the I, stands. I should say a couple times. He was he was going through it there in the south or the uh, the east end zone yeah. at Martin Stadium. Uh, there were quite a few DMs uh, wondering if they were ever going to win another game again. So yeah, it was it was a tough day. It was a tough day for Wisconsin. Tough day for Wisconsin super fans. It was a very it was a very difficult very difficult uh, day for the Badgers. And it's unfortunate because they played. Some good football uh, at times, but just uh, not good enough. All right, two things, uh, two things really quick. Was it a fumble? Was it a safety? Not a safety, and the fumble is very, very close. <laughs> oh, God. Well, Zach, uh, well, I don't know if I want to do good first or bad first. Well, there wasn't much good. Good, uh, I think we were talking about this yesterday, Roddy, right? Tanner Mordecai. I would say it was the best game that I've seen Tanner Mordecai play, though be it it's two games. But I thought he showed a lot where when I think of Tanner Mordecai in his last two seasons at SMU, it was more of a shotgun snap surveying defense and kind of chucking the ball all over. I think with the lack of upfront blocking from the offensive line, Tanner Mordecai showed that he can actually move a little bit. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. I thought he played a really good game, especially for lack of blocking and making a lot of things out of nothing. Yeah, there were some really big time throws. And I think the previous two times Wisconsin fans saw him, was not the guy that we had seen in fall camp. That was a little bit more that we what we had seen in spring in the fall camp. Some of the throws he was able to make, his ability to escape and you know create time for himself, uh, just you know just moving around, is something that we don't get to. See. We we didn't get to see in fall camp. He's not getting hurt. He's not getting hit, so it didn't really matter. Um, but that throw that he made to Kendrick Pryor to Kendrick Pryor, the Skylar Bell for the touchdown, is just a throw that I don't think a lot of people or a lot of folks at Wisconsin have seen in quite some time from mm-hmm. a, a quarterback playing for the Badgers. I mean, him rolling to his left, throwing the way that he did, it was as good a throw as I can remember a Badger quarterback making here in the last decade. And there were some there were some other ones there. And it just the deep ball to Bryson Green, the deep ball to Chimery DK, right where they needed to be. There were just a few small little like inches away from a couple more big ones that I think if he hits, Wisconsin wins the game. But what he did in the third quarter, I think he had 10 straight at one time. Really, really impressive. And I think that has to give you a little bit of confidence moving forward that this offense, at least passing game-wise, can get it going. And I I think the run game obviously was not where it needed to be, but the pass game kind of showed up and you saw all the different weapons that Wisconsin has wide receiver. Hey, before we get to the defensive side of the ball, uh, offensively, Zach, what's up with the run game? Uh, Braylon Allen, um, people were asking me if he got hurt. Like, what, what was up with Braylon Allen and his performance? Well, I mean, they didn't block very well. They struggled significantly in dealing with the speed of Washington State's defense. It's the exact same story as last week. Now, a lot of people think when you talk about speed, speed off the edge that Ron Stone Jr. showed um, and the inability for 
them to protect Tanner Mordecai, but it also plays a role in the run game. And I think we saw that as uh, guys, they were just not able to hold their blocks and they weren't able to get on some blocks that maybe they were the previous week. And it leads to the running back not even really having a chance. Um, you know, guys right in his face before he's even really even able to try and make a move. So that yeah, was, it was tough sledding for Braylon Allen and just mostly and Braylon Allen only getting seven carries probably was not overly happy about it, but, um, and that's what Luke Fickle said yesterday, but he, you know, he wants to be a bigger impact player than, than what they did. And they need to figure out a way to do that. Uh, what about, I don't think he was injured. I don't think he was injured. No, I don't think so either. People are like, like, uh, it's some people are like, why, where was he? Like, was he nursing injury? I'm like, I just don't think he was used. I mean, he, he did touch the ball 13 times. He had six touches for 12 yards. So, um, he did touch the ball there too. Yeah. Zach, defensively, what's going on, man? What's what, like, What's what's the identity? Yeah, what's the, the identity? Thing. Well, I mean, this is the other thing, right? They the first four drives they were not good. They gave up, you know, seventeen points in those first four drives, and then the next six drives they gave up fifteen yards. So that to me is the type of defense they can be. I think the biggest difference between those first four and the next six were uh, Kamoli Latude was not on the field. Uh, he gave up some big plays. He has not been a guy that you can count on to be where he needs to be. And so they put in Preston Zachman, and I thought he kind of settled things down for them. But, yeah, those those first four drives on their heels looked very Ohio State-esque. Mm. You know, remember last year where Ohio State just went down the field and wasn't even stopped? And I think a lot of people were like, no, that's because they're so talented. No, they got schemed up last year at Ohio State. It was pathetic on Paul Chris and Jim Leonard's part. And, Saturday for those first four drives got schemed up and um, they didn't make the plays they needed to and guys' eyes weren't where they're supposed to be and it led to 17 points in the first four drives. But I, again, I thought they bounced back and they gave themselves every chance in the world to to win that game based on what they did on defense over the next you know what quarter and a, uh, two and a half quarters. What was the well, real quick, Zach Hopper, our sports director, joining us right now. He's out in Pullman uh, for Washington, Wisconsin. Well, before I ask you about the locker room and then your confidence, I'm going to steal something you said last week of Temple and Heilprin out amongst them some prairie every Thursday, 6 or 7. But, Zach, how about Vacos? How about the special teams, baby? Let's go. we got some mm. field goals. Mm. Was that, that's a positive. Yeah, I, I heard I heard RJ tra- chanting uh, MVP from the, the his seats there in the end oh, zone. Yeah, I thought uh, I heard that over the broadcast too. Yeah, I started that. Yeah, yeah. hitting forty, hitting the forty nine yarder, beautiful. Getting two more field goals, fantastic. Having a kick you can count on to make those kicks, uh, rare at Wisconsin. I know Van Zels went eleven for fourteen. He was great last year, but having a guy you are confident is going to step out at 49 and drill a kick. That's <laughs> so you don't, have, nice, so you don't have to punt from inside your you guys, uh, opponent's territory? What do you guys think of the storming of the field yeah. after the game? A little weird. Yeah. They had some beverages in them. Uh, it was a crazy... Like I've, I've, I've been around, obviously, on the field. We don't have to get to go on the field all the time before games, certainly not at Camp Randall, but at some visiting place you get to go on the field, and they were lit from almost the time they they got there they were were turned up there was there is a beer garden but i think they had some beers throughout the throughout the day uh when they finally showed up there and they yeah the chance a lot a lot of chance a lot of them yeah that i can't actually uh share here was whether it was the whether it was Wisconsin, whether it was the badgers whether it was luke fickle they were flicking off and yelling at every guy walked through the tunnel uh before warm-ups like like it was yeah, it was it was impressive. It was impressive on on uh, Washington State's part. The the storming, 
are they ever going to have another ranked Power Five team come to Pullman ever again? Uh, you know, non-conference. And this is the last year they'll have a conference team coming there too. Probably not. So, hey, enjoy it. It was like the Super Bowl. So good I'm not that. a big fan of the storming, but I will say it wasn't as bad as Colorado students storming after they were a favorite and beat a Nebraska team that might win six games. I don't know if you know this or not, Nelly, but they won one game last year. Just one. I, I understand that, but um, clearly it's not a one-win team this year. I think it was a delayed storming. Like They were storming because of what happened against TCU. Yeah, I, like, think that may, I think They're still yeah. comprehending it. They're like, did we actually yes. beat TCU? There's no way. What? Be, all right, let's get on the field for that. So, yeah, I think it was a... I think it was a Delayed storming. Zach, I'm sure the uh, the mood in the locker room or the media availability afterwards was pretty somber for the Badgers. But uh, something you said to Jesse Temple after the first game of the season, again live amongst the Sun Prairie, Temple and Heilprin, uh, Thursday six to seven. Mm-hmm. Come on out, great beer specials. You can mm-hmm. see how handsome Zach is, how great of a hair Jesse Temple has, how I can easily produce behind the scenes incredibly. But Zach, uh, you asked Jesse Temple. More confident, same confidence, or less confidence in the Wisconsin Badgers? I'll ask you the question you asked Jesse after the first game. Uh, how are you feeling about Bucky? And I, th- did you have him at ten wins? I don't want to talk about what I had him at. So oh, sorry, we will... Were you guys were you pontificating <laughs> double digits, possibly throwing out there in the ether? Yes, uh, less confident in that for sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I don't see double digit wins for them. But I'm always this is always tough because. Could could Wisconsin find a way to play like they did in the third quarter on a regular basis? Is it possible for you guys? Is it possible that that, that could be who they are consistently? Well, clearly it's in there. Yeah, they, they, it's just. Yeah. But it's been like that for the last few years too, right? Like they've they've had stretches where they played fantastic football, and you're like, oh gosh, all right, sweet, they're going to keep on keep this going. They're not going to lose to any crappy teams. They're going to play consistent football, and they just haven't done it. I mean, 2021, they go on that that winning streak and they get to the end of it and puke on themselves up in Minnesota. And, you know, last year, last year they obviously never found, they they go to Northwestern and beat the crap out of them and then go to Michigan state and turn back into the Paul Chris Badgers. So they're the inability to stay consistent is to me is why I would say less confident, but the talent and the ability is there. And could they be the third quarter Badgers consistently if they are then double digits possibility i'm just not confident that that's going to happen zach doesn't it feel like that's kind of been the same thing since this weird 2020 where the stars that have the stars of players that have been recruited have went up while consistency and and play on the field obviously has went down since 2019 and you see flashes but you don't see it all the time and I know we've brought up Colorado and and Deion Sanders and what they were able to do, like overhauling like nearly 80% of the roster and and bringing in some talent and more stars than they're used to uh, seeing, but he's actually played well or their team has played well so far through two games. Do we need a revamping of this entire roster and culture? Because I know we were actually excited because they brought back a lot of talent and they kept a lot of guys. I'm still a little hesitant to say that everything's going to be uh, great for Colorado this year. I, I think TCU is obviously, in my opinion, a little overrated. We know Nebraska sucks. So let's. I think we probably just hold off a little bit on <clears throat> saying that that's the way to rebuild the team. I think what Wisconsin did, there was a pretty significant overhaul of the roster. I mean, they brought in 
15 scholarship transfers. They brought in 15 recruits. They have 30 new players from last year, and a lot of those transfers make it an impact. Um, it, changing the changing the culture, I don't think the, the culture needs changing, but sometimes the mindset does. I think that there is um, a, not a belief, but it gets into your head a little bit when you get into tight games at the end of the at the end of or you get into tight games at the end, and you've had so little success and be able to close those out maybe it gets a little bit of a doubt in your mind whether you're able to go ahead and finish. And that was the message all offseason was finish, finish, finish. And this game was no different than any game we've seen for the last couple of years where they get close and then they can't finish. I will say this. I think the fact that they fought back down 24 to 6, I don't think that they fight back last year. Um, no. I don't think they fight back in 2022. Quite honestly, I don't think they had the offensive firepower to fight back in the last, uh, the last two years. So, and Jake Cheney talked about that after the game, the linebackers. What was the score? I loved last year's team. I love last year's guys. But if that happened, we would not be. We would not have been in this game. It just wouldn't have happened. So I think that I think that says a little bit of something. Their mindset is different. They feel like they still have a chance, even when they get down like that. But the inability to close has to be frustrating. Fight them till you can't, Zach. Also, a song by Anthrax. Zach, we uh, we'll talk later in the week. Sing it for me. Uh, I know you love it when I sing. I'll save it for Monks and Sun Prairie Thursday. Whistle it. Yeah, six to seven. I'll, I'll do it uh, for your intro. Oh, I'll gladly whistle yeah. it too. Zaggy? I know. We'll talk later in the week as we got Georgia Southern. Hey, how you feel about the crew? Brewers. Outing by Woody last night, man. Hell I mean, yeah. you can't ask for anything better. You know, and it, it, what bothered me about that was the night before. The, the no-hitter <laughs> for Burns, and we can't get a run, but then last night we put on a hit clinic. This team is just so up and down, and that's baseball. Yeah. But, yeah, I know. right, right, right I mean, away. It, that's vintage Brewers fashion, right? You no-hit the Yankees and then somehow to 11 innings and then somehow lose in 13, yeah. 4 to 3. Like, huh? Right. It's just mind-boggling. <laughs> we'll get ready for playoffs, Kyle. They're coming. Hoofta. All right, let's let's stay hot. Hell Keep yeah. the bats going. Kyle. Keep the pitching going. You we'll man. be all right. You the man, brother. Have a good day, boys. See you, bud. Yeah, I mean, with the Brewers, it <laughs> it is, and and obviously it happens to every single team. You could be the the Brewers, you could be the Braves, or you could be the Athletics. You're gonna have games where you get shut out or you don't score runs after having really nice performances on the mound from a pitcher. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like as Brewer fans that it just happens to you more. <laughs> and and just because of just the entire length of the franchise, they've never won it. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of these franchises, like, you can look at Kansas City. Yeah, you can say that they stink and they're one of the worst teams in baseball, but they've won a World Series before. Yeah. Same thing with the athletics. If you're an athletics fan, they've won the World Series before. Yeah, it's been a minute. But they've done it. Mm-hmm. It just feels like with the Brewers, and especially with some of the, like, what about the times where we were growing up? Because a lot of people, they think about the 80s, right? They they talk about 82 at nauseum. Well, <laughs> we grew up when it was 90s and 2000s, when the Brewers were pretty freaking thin, and it was some pretty lean years yeah. there. Overall, I think it's just because, you know, you know that the Brewers are kind of a losing organization or the fact that they haven't had much success. And especially growing up, there weren't many good teams until basically 2008. Yeah. 
well, you get you just get this feeling like, oh, here it is again every single year. We got an offense that can't hit when we have pitching, or we have great pitching, but we don't have the offense, and and it's like back and forth. That's why it feels like it's always, I guess, us or the Brewers. Would it be as simple as get an owner who will spend a little more money? I think they would help. You can't tell me that spending money isn't going to help. Now you can't spend it recklessly. No, no. Like like the Mets just handing out, you know, big time contracts to Omar Nervais, which Yankees the too, Brewers yeah. said, eh, we aren't even interested. Or Daniel Vogelback, <laughs> who had one off year <laughs> as in one good year, and then they signed him to a pretty like or Mark Canna who the Milwaukee Brewers obviously traded for. Mark Canna's been phenomenal. Yeah, out of the park with, mark with the Milwaukee Brewers. But if you look at what he had done, he was a nice player, like a decent player in Oakland for a long time, had a few good seasons right before the end of his contract. And obviously Oakland, look at what, speaking of spending money or lack thereof, they weren't going to sign him to a contract, especially a guy, you know, closing in on 30. Mm -hmm. So he goes to the, to the Mets who offer him, I think it was like roughly $12 million a year. Like, there's no way that the Brewers or the A's are going to pay a Mark Canna-type player $12 million, but the, the Mets were willing to throw a ton of money at a lot of, I would say, middling players that were coming off of some good years, and who would have thought it would have backfired big time? Now, I will say this for the Mets. The money that they threw at Verlander and Scherzer, you were expecting a lot more from. Of, yeah, Like, those were guys that Scherzer's had overall a down year for Max Scherzer. Verlander, you know, coming off of some injuries, maybe he wasn't going to start as well. He's still been solid, but forty million worth solid, no. But if you're a Mets fan, I would be disappointed on those guys not reaching what you were hoping for. But Canna Vogelback, uh, some of the other moves, it's like you were just asking to just go burn some money, go throw away <laughs> some money. <laughs> you're just asking for it, but like, yeah, spending money smartly. And I think a lot of Brewer fans are smart enough to know that. The Brewers can't dish out money like the Yankees or the Dodgers every single year, but I think they would be more inclined to to root for the team or to follow the team or to go to to a game or multiple games if it was a year in which you're competing and they did throw a little throw a little bit of money. Like, yeah. could you imagine how people would have felt if you were a Brewer fan last year when the Brewers were competing? They had a four game lead. And honestly, they didn't sell they, Josh Hader. They had a better team last year than they did this year, and they technically, at the time of the deadline, had a larger lead yeah. in the division than they did this year. They and yet, if they would have added two pieces like the Carlos Santana, the Mark Canna, and uh, I guess we'll include this, the Andrew Chafin, <laughs> stinks. Like people would have been excited people would have been like yes we added a couple of pieces like this team is contending it's in first place we still have hater we still have burns woody like we're getting these guys back because obviously they had a ton of injuries in 2022 to the staff yeah. in general but people would have been excited not selling hater not not trying to claim that adding trevor rosenthal that yeah, the, never pitched the brewer's biggest enemy was their front office last year and matt the fact that they even tried to say that trevor rosenthal and well, Matt we spent, Bush we spent money was we're, we're gonna equal Josh Hader is just ludicrous it's criminal. like it's criminal Trevor Rosenthal and Matt Bush's best years I don't even know if they combined to make Hader into a you know yeah. Hader's best year it's criminal but if they would have bought and spent that little extra bit of money 
people would have been happy and people would have still went to the to the stadium yeah. unless they completely cratered out. They wouldn't have given been given away $6 vouchers, I'll tell you that at the end of the year. And I honestly don't remember anybody bitching about 18, 19, 20 or even really 2021 when they didn't go out and do a ton compared to other teams. Like, yeah, they brought in Yasmani Grandal for that one-year deal in 19. They re-signed Moose for one year. But compared to the Dodgers or the Yankees, I mean, it was just a drop in the bucket, but it was big for Milwaukee. No one complained during those years. The time people actually started to complain was when they knew that the window was coming towards an end and they were competing and you didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone would have said boo about the Brewers or Ananasio if they would have done what they did this year, both in 2022 and 23. I think people would have just said, you know what? Mark put a little money in. We tried and we came up short. And, you know, that's all we can ask for. But when they traded away Hater, that pissed a lot of people off. People are still people pissed. People are still pissed. They're still pissed. And they'll always be pissed until they win a World Series. It'll, you'll always look back at that season and be like, the front office killed them. They shot, they shot themselves in the foot. We're doing the Brewers talk. Yeah, Brandon Woodruff was an absolute dog last night on the mound. He was in fuego, in the zone. And how about them letting him go the, the distance? Well, they... I think the reason why they did was obviously he was rolling and pitching so well, but also because if you look at what the Brewers have done as of late, they needed him to eat innings. Like they entered this 17 game stretch in 17 days. They don't have an off day. Obviously they started that series last Friday with the Yankees. They don't have an off day for well, 17 straight days yeah. from there. But also when you look at this Milwaukee Brewers bullpen, we talked about how Devin Williams has been really, really good. Well, some of these other guys that have flashed this year and kind of came out of nowhere, like the Elvis Pagueros or the Joel Piamps, they're kind of starting to fade a little bit. And you look at the fact that Abner Arebe has been really good since being called up. <sighs> that slider is so nasty. And he is nasty. He's got nasty Oof. potential closer Oof. stuff down the road, but he's also young and hitters are starting to see him more and more. So I'm going to guess that there might be a bit of a regression, especially with how young he is and where he's at in his career on where he's at. So that leaves you with Hobie Milner, who I'm pretty pleasantly surprised with how well he's done since he's really only had one solid year in the big leagues. And it's been a lot of, you know, pitching here and there and partial seasons or the fact that Bryce Wilson has pitched as well as he has. But yeah, it feels like this is a bullpen that has been worked quite a bit here as of late and they needed a break, especially with guys that seem like they might be fading a little yeah. bit here towards the end, and they need them big time for the postseason. Yeah, Brandon Woodruff, uh, now what, 5-1 uh, and one on the year, struck out 7, allowed 6 hits, dropped his ERA to 1.93, also pushed their scoreless inning streak to 21, and then offensively, an explosion, right? Season high, 17 hits. Every starter had at least one hit. Willie Adamas was just dialed in. Um, and then the Brewers up three games on the Cubs, so they're back at it tonight against the Fish, once again, uh, we'll talk Josh Donaldson coming up in the nine o'clock hour as he is <laughs> on the roster. Before the Razor's Edge, though, uh, line one, good morning. Hey, how's it going? Good, how you doing? Good. Uh, I just wanted to push back on something Rowdy said real quick with Trevor Rosenthal. Now, it was, a, it was a hot minute ago, but in his prime, he, I think it was, he had 37 appearances in 2015. And he had a 0.70 ERA, so I'd say that that pretty pretty similar to what Josh Hader was doing in his prime prime with the Brewers. So I mean that's 
that's the only thing that I would have to say. With I mean, obviously, it's not prime Trevor Rosenthal now, <laughs> but that was the only yeah, Trevor Rosenthal had a few good seasons with St. Louis, but when you combine him where he's at and Matt Bush, where Matt Bush last season was arguably the best Matt Bush had ever been ever, and obviously that was a guy in and out of uh, good standing with the law, I would still – well, that's one thing. Roddy, I think you were talking about um, not prime Rosenthal, but well, even, Matt Bush and Rosenthal combined dude, when they got him. Honestly, even at Oh, yeah, no. Prime. yeah, what's, what's, why, yeah what's your name, man? Who is this? Rosenthal's not in the league. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, I'm a first-time caller. Tyler, so. keep, keep him coming, Tyler. I love it. I don't know. I still, Tyler, I still think I might take Hater Prime versus both of them just because Rosenthal's was so short, and Matt Bush really was never that great outside of last year. Yeah, no, I was just saying, comparing, like, their their total ERA in their prime year, yeah. it was, they put up similar numbers. Tyler, how are you feeling about the crew as we uh done the final stretch here? Uh, they, uh, it's it's hard to tell because they, they have games where they look like they're, you know, they can't, can't be stopped and then <laughs> look like they, they can't, they're Charlie Brown and they kick their own, they... <laughs> I can't get out of their own way. Yeah, yeah. You feeling good about uh, winning the NL Central, though? I, I think they'll win the Central. Yeah. yeah. Like the Cubs are the Cubs, and the city of Chicago is just ne- is never going to have another title because. Yeah, hell yeah. Like, the Bears suck. We all know the Bears suck. <laughs> yes. It just we can just end it right there. It doesn't feel good to say that the Bears still suck and will for the end of time. Oh, that was so great! It was so. So refreshing, just a shove it in all Bears Twitter face on Sunday. <laughs> Hell yeah, oh Tyler. God. Hell yeah. Hey, man, don't be a stranger. Love it calling in, man. Always love the opinions and uh, everything. Good stuff. Yeah, thank you. See you, buddy. There he is. 608-321-1670, Tyler. So, Prime Rosenthal, uh, Rowdy, you say, give me Prime Josh Hader. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's not like Rosenthal was a bum where he this is what he was his entire year. No, he had some good years when he was in his mid-20s with the Cardinals when he was young. But I would still say give me the Prime Josh Hader over Trevor Rosenthal and Matt Bush because you got to think about it. Hader was a guy that could work multiple innings. Hader was a guy that had a whip that was below one pretty much every single year and ERAs, you know, in the twos or lower most of his seasons. And then not only that, but he's left-handed and I mean, his strikeouts per nine were really, really high too. So, and Matt Bush, no, thank you. We could send him back to the penal league in uh, Florida. He surfaced. Yeah, by the way, somebody, somebody the signed Rockies? him. Somebody signed him. And I don't know if he got, he got waived again after that, but he was back Rangers. with the big league team. Rangers. Uh, uh, that could also coincide with why the Rangers have had the worst bullpen ERA post-trade uh, deadline.